This is the Eminem Planet Podcast, Episode 70, Easter Edition. I'm your host, Joel Ambedon. Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to figure out how to teach better. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Joey Bates, uh, next-generation pastor for the Orchard Oxford. That's my church here in Oxford, Mississippi. And Joey was last on for the Christmas edition of the podcast. And so, hey, so great. We brought him back for another one. Um, but the reason why I had Joey on is Joey invited me to do some teaching at the Orchard for something called The Collective. Now Joey's going to describe what The Collective is in the episode, so I won't go into it here. But I had a chance to look at the book of Mark and to teach on the book of Mark and to think about not only teaching on the book of Mark, but teaching within the book of Mark and specifically the teaching of Jesus. And the Bible's been around for a long time. And the reason why the Bible's been around for a long time is uh, Jesus is amazing and Jesus rose from the dead. And that's what Easter is about is to uh, celebrate um, him giving up his life for everybody and then giving us all a mission to uh, love others, love, love others the way he had loved us. And I, I like that mission. And that's why my personal mission as a teacher is to lead people to love others uh, through teaching. And so I, it's the reason why we have podcasts, reason why I do what I do. Um, and so I love that I get a chance to use this as a place to share because I think I got some insights from doing that teaching, that opportunity to teach on the Book of Mark uh, through the collective. And just wanted a chance to talk with Joey about it and to... Because, again, we're, uh, we're better when we do things together. So rather than just doing a, a sermon, I wanted to have a, a dialogue. And so that's what this episode is. It's a dialogue on basically a, a small passage in, in the book of Mark about when Jesus feeds 5,000. Looking at that from what can we learn about teaching through this story that doesn't necessarily seem to be about teaching, but it, but it is. There's lots of great teaching going on here, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about. So... Thank you for listening to the Easter edition of the podcast. Thank you for um, supporting the podcast through your listens, your shares, your um, uh, ratings and reviews, all that good stuff. It We've had our best year um, yet and looking forward to more great content. So without further delay, here's my conversation with Joey Bates, next generation pastor for the Orchard Oxford, as we talk about Jesus feeding 5,000. Joey Bates, welcome back to the Amazon Planet Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Joel. Thanks for having me back, man. Really excited to be back. Yeah, yeah, this is good. I was just uh, saying it's uh, it's been a while since I recorded uh, one of these, and it's it's been, it's good to get back in the saddle. And like, we didn't record one not too long ago. We did what the Christmas edition of the Amazon yeah. Planet Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about Christmas, and now we're coming up on Easter, which is time is just flying by. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you do the math, like the pandemic math of like, wait, how long ago was that? And like, and when's the last time I did something like, and yes. just, yeah. Yes. So. My daughter turned to, or tur- is turning to this week. And it's just, my wife and I are talking, where is this, where's the time going? It's just wild. Yeah. Like we just did an Easter egg hunt on Sunday Yeah, and the, the through the church and you think like, you know, by the time my kids were two, how many Easter egg hunts they had in there <laughs> and, and, you know, like how many public ones, like, it's like, see, we had like seven of them, like, but during the pandemic, there wasn't any, no. unless you just did it on your own. And then it's not, it's not quite as fun. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. This is her, I guess like, yeah, this is like her first real big one. So first real big Easter that she's had. Well, she did well. She did oh, well. Cool. There you go. <laughs> 
All right. So we're here today and um, we had a chance or uh, you offered me a chance to do some teaching uh, through the collective um, yeah. that the orchard runs. What, what's the collective? Can you give a, a or and also yeah. Joey, just to make sure not everyone listens to every episode of the Amazon Planet podcast. I don't know why, yeah. but maybe a little self-introduction and then we'll go into what the collective is. Yeah. So my name is Joey Bates. I'm one of the pastors at the Orchard in Oxford, Mississippi. And we're a church, non-denominational church uh, here in Oxford that, that we long to reach people no one else is reaching and help them grow deep in the love of Jesus so they can branch out to others with that love. Um, and so we have a variety of different things we do. And one of those is the collective. And so what the collective is, is a uh, it sounds pretty daunting, but we break it up by semesters. So it's a 26 week long class that basically goes through the entirety of the Bible. So it sounds daunting, but it's, it's just two hours a week um, for uh, like 15 weeks in the in the fall and, and then uh, 11 weeks in the spring where we go through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, it really just geared at teaching the the narrative of the Bible, because a lot of people, I feel like growing up in the South and, and being around the Bible belt, um, kind of know stories in the Bible. They know kind of where they like, they've heard of these stories, but they don't know how the, it all fits together with like the, the one thread that connects them all. So what we want to do is take that collective of scripture and, and make it into one cohesive story. So that's easy to understand and easy to apply to our life. Is that where the collective comes from? The collective of scripture? Yeah. Yep. So it, it comes with the collective of scripture, the collective of us together studying scripture. Um, I wasn't there when we named it, but I'm, I'm betting on that's where it came from. I, I like, I like good branding. That's excellent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Excellent. So um, I was invited to talk about the book of uh, Mark. Uh, yeah. And so in thinking about, Hey, use the gifts you've been given to serve others. I'm like, well, I'm not a trained pastor, but uh, I, I've been trained as a teacher and, and Jesus was a good teacher and the best yeah. teacher. I would say he's taught, he's number one and he's held number one for quite some time. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. And so looking at him as a teacher and thinking about, well, let's, let's, let's notice, let's do some professional noticing of how Jesus teaches and, and what we can learn from that uh, from yeah. within the book of, of Mark. And again, the book of Mark, it's one of the gospels, one of the four gospels, uh, kind of that talks about Jesus and, and has a lots of his stories within it. And again, it's almost like an observation of his, his teaching. And so I kind of looked at it and, and thinking of, well, what are the things he's doing in mm -hmm. trying to, um, develop a relationship between the disciples and what it means to be uh, a disciple yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. And, uh, and I landed on a story. One of the stories was the, Jesus feeds 5,000, um, mm -hmm. just kind of stuck out to me. And I don't know, like setting the stage, uh, for that it was, I mean, we're going to read it. I, at least I want to read it. Yeah. We're going to read sure. it and yeah. we'll put links in the show notes or for people that if they're looking for, uh, electronic, uh, Bible that there's plenty of places you can go to get one for free and in your hands and in your pocket through, uh, through the Version Bible app and all other good things. Uh, do you have the Version? Yeah. I do. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's pretty nice. You can do some yeah. reading plans with others. We got one going on right now in our household, so it's kind of fun. Yeah, um, it's so cool. Yeah, so uh, Jesus feeds five thousand, and what it was cool is like it. I don't think it's when people think about teaching. I think I don't know what pops up in your mind when you think about Jesus teaching. Yeah, I think the the first thing that comes up is is the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. right? The the big multi-chapter uh, like section in Matthew where Jesus basically lays out uh, his ethic for the kingdom of God. I also think about when Jesus is in Jerusalem 
on the teaching steps, mm-hmm. um, teaching the Pharisees or, or teaching the people, but he's kind of also teaching the Pharisees at the same time. But yeah, no, I think you're right. This story, it does not come up to the top of my head when I think about teaching. So when you said that we're going to go through this, I was like, huh, I'm really interested to see what we talk about. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, again, talking about, he's been talked about for 2000 years. They don't, you don't talk about somebody for 2000 years unless they were substantial and he's done some stand and we can talk about yeah. Easter and, 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 you know, why that we're still talking about Jesus, why the Bible even exists. Yeah. But, you know, as a, as a thinking about the Eminem plan podcast and think about learning how to teach better, we can learn from this and we can learn from, you know, how Jesus actually taught. And so, uh, and I, and I want to use these actions and not the sermon on the Mount, not just from the teaching steps and not, you know, some of the um, back in the dialogues he would have with people that are trying to trick him and how he would use his, his brilliance uh, to, you know, kind of offer something to get you thinking about, what does it mean to actually, you know, follow God, follow him. Um, But actually just let's look at his actions. And I think too, for me, I wanted to look at this is because sometimes when people think about good teaching and they don't see someone in front of the room, like in a classic classroom, in front of the room talking or lecturing or whatever, or like leading some sort of like, uh, you know, uh, dead poet society sort of interaction <laughs> with students. If it's not like that, then that's not teaching, you know, sure. if it's small group work, but no, it's, but there's something about creating an environment for things to happen. And yes. And, and Jesus feeding 5,000, I think is him creating an environment for something awesome to happen. So Absolutely. I'm going to read it. It's uh Mark six, uh, 30 through I believe 44. And it's, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave, I'm reading from the new living translation. Um, what? What's up with the new living, the new living translation? What, what makes it unique? Do you know offhand? Yeah. So it's a, it's a readable. So it's about at a seventh grade reading level. So it's very accessible, but it's very, also very reliable. Um, it's, it's by, it's been translated from the original Greek and the original Hebrew for talking about old Testament and new Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very readable translation. And we use it at our church because of that, because of accessibility. Uh, we all kind of are, some of us grew up with grandmothers who had the King James Bible and we didn't yeah. understand a word. It felt like Yoda was talking to us. Right. <laughs> so yeah. we wanted a Bible that, uh, that we could read and, and understand. And so the new living is, is very much that Bible for us. Awesome. Cool. Uh, great. I love it. Accessibility. <laughs> so, uh, the apostle, uh, so Jesus feeds 5,000. So again, Mark six thirty through 44, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told them all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Sounds like a teacher right there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, I want to point it out here. It doesn't say he stopped teaching, right? Just in That's the past. Good. It doesn't say he stopped teaching. That's so good. then late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already be- getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. 
Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. So way wow. more than 5,000, just 5,000 yeah, and their families were fed. So that's, that's our, that's our little teaching moment here. And so I guess, you know, the thing is, what I like to do is think about what actually did Jesus do? Because yeah. some people say, well, well, he fed the 5,000. Well, but what were his actions, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, what stands out for you? Like what, what were Jesus's actions in this passage? Yeah. So I think the first thing that sticks out to me, so I have to say, um, teachers are near and dear to my heart because my wife's a teacher. So my wife teaches fifth grade, uh, here in a nearby town. And, um, the, the verse that sticks out to me that makes me think of my wife and, and her context is, is in verse 34, when it says, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so Jesus, those two words that Jesus saw them. Mm-hmm. And I think when I, when I think about my wife and what makes her a great person and, and a great teacher um, is that she notices and she sees people. Um, just last night, she was telling me a story about a, a a student in her class and um, this had some difficulties with, with this one particular student, but um, she's gotten to know him and she, it's, 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 she, he's not just a, a person in, in the room. Um, she knows his family. She knows his history. Like she sees him and she has compassion on him. And I think it's important that, that Jesus' compassion moves him to action and so, like, if you look at verse uh, at the back half of that verse, so he began teaching them many things that, that that the teaching that Jesus does is rooted in his seeing the people and having compassion for them. So he doesn't feel obligated to teach them. He doesn't feel this guilt to teach them, but it's out of this love that he has for them that he wants to sit down and teach them because he has compassion. So when I think when I think about my wife and I think about teachers and I think about um just that whole entire setting. I, I, when I read this passage, I think that's the first thing I notice is that the teaching that Jesus does is rooted in his compassion for the people. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then tying in with that, like if he sees that, he sees like they, you know, this need and, and, and is fulfilling it through, you know, teaching them many things. He also knows they're hungry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he also, he also knows that they, they have a, they have some needs beyond just the knowledge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some, some, some hunger pains probably. So (laughs) like thinking about that, then, you know, when the, he could have said like, Hey, these, these people are going to need something to eat, but you know, let's that, let's that open space there where the disciples can come up and say, Hey, these people are hungry, right? We need to do something about it. And so allowing them to get to know, these people and get to know their need and be sensitive and empathetic and all that sort of thing. Like, Hey, they need something to eat and we need to solve this. And and they offer a solution. Um, Jesus almost invites them into the same compassion that he has. So when he says uh, like late in the afternoon, like when they say this, it's getting late. Like we need to, we need to send them out to, to, to get something to eat. Jesus invites them into that by saying, you feed them. Like he invites them into the compassion that he initially had uh, and that compassion that Jesus had moved him to action. And I think he's inviting them into that same compassion to be moved to action as well. Um, so like I think about teachers, um, if you're really passionate, maybe you're, maybe you're 
not as passionate about the students as you are about the subject. And that's completely okay. It's good to be passionate about a subject. Um, but you can invite your students like Jesus invites his disciples into the same passion about yeah. that subject. Like he has. Yeah. That's really good, man. I'd never noticed that before in this passage until right now. <laughs> awesome. There you go. Well, and also too, like when he says you feed them, he is just slid across the table, a problem. Like here, yeah. this is a, and, and what I like to call it in my class is a messy task. So, and, and an actual problem, not an excellent. So what I deal with math ed. And so, you know, it's not a lot of times we said, oh, you have 50 problems. The evens are in the back or whatever of the textbook. Yeah, that's what but got that's me through not, high school. Yeah. Those aren't problems. Those are exercises, <laughs> but an actual problem is like, this is a, a, a difficult task with an unknown solution path. And he mm. slides it across. He slides it across. He's like, Hey, this, this isn't easy. We know it's not easy. And then the, obviously the disciples don't know it's not easy. Like, Hey, it would take yeah. years to, you know, pay for the money to feed all these people. And where are we going to get it anyway? And it would take a long time to do this. This is a, this is a messy task. And he's like, no, no, I, I trust that you can do it. I want to invite you into this space to do it. And here we go. Um, go for yeah. it. Go for it. Figure this out. Right. Yeah. Imagine what they were feeling in that moment. I, oh I just, gosh. I think about just the impossible tasks that we get saddled with or that it's the seemingly impossible tasks, the messy tasks. Like I think about in our context, in our world today, you know, think about, you know, racial reconciliation and how some, that, that feels like a almost impossible, like, how are we going to get there? You know, we, we, I long to get there. We long to get there to where we all stand equal and, um, Think about how that feels, that weight of that. Mm. Um, think about gender equality and think about, um, you know, just you have big you have big tasks like that. But you also have like small tasks like um, I think about, you know, getting my two year old ready for school in the morning. Like, you know, how <laughs> do I get me- there? Yeah. Like, how do I get there? So like the, we all have moments like that in our life that some are massive issues that you're like, how are we going to get from from this side to a solution? And some are like daily problems, like, like, what am I going to cook for dinner tonight? But that you're right. I mean, that Jesus invites them into that, gives them a problem. And I, I just think about the weight that they must have felt in that moment, the, the tension they must have felt. And, and so then, good. but the fact that, you know, we all know that Jesus could have snapped his fingers and yeah. gotten everyone. I mean, and like we see the miracle later, like he could yeah. have just done that, right? Oh, they, and, and given that he knew what they needed already, he yeah. knew had a need, but invi- again, invited people to participate. So first he invites the disciples, Hey, you feed them with what they ask. We'd have, we'd, we'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all of these people. Mm-hmm. And, but then he, as a warm demander, that's another you know question. So like when you give a messy task to, you know, with a, a difficult task, with an unknown solution path to your students, you think, well, if they're just going to sit there and struggle and, and just get frustrated, like, yeah that's you're you're gonna lose it you're gonna lose them you're gonna be frustrated they're just gonna shut down versus no you, you offer something hey how much bread do you have yeah. go and find out yeah and like that the fact that they would then go and do that it's like there's a relationship there you know that there's a relationship you know that they know he cares about them it is not setting them up for failure is not gonna um you know make them do things that is not going to be valuable in the end. And so sending them out there and be like, Hey, here's something to try. Why don't you go try that? Yeah. The fact that they were willing to do it is, is, is impressive. 
yeah, the trust that they had in him to say, okay, we've spent time with you already. We trust you. We know that you're not, like you said, going to set us up for failure. I think that's really good too. I think that's very empowering from Jesus. Uh, like when you think about a teacher empowering their students, I think Jesus empowers his disciples. Um, and I think that's something that like I need to know in my own life is that I, I am empowered to go tackle this task. Um, I, I think sometimes I can feel the temptation of, you know, well, that's somebody else's task to tackle. You know, that's somebody else's solution to find. And my job is just to be the biggest cheerleader I could possibly be for that person. And in some cases, that's the truth. But but in other places in life, I, I think that we don't realize the power that we have to to go and help find a solution to a messy task in, in our life, you know. And mm-hmm. um, you know, we've been empowered. We, we, we have dignity and purpose and identity and um, a voice and every voice matters. And, and we should, we've been empowered with all of that to go and try and find a solution for whatever problems and slid across the table for us. That's really yeah. good, man. That's really good. Well, and to think too, he said, how much bread do you have? Go and find out. And he didn't say this, go just, all you need is, all you're going to need is whatever you bring, whatever I'm going to, I'm going right. to do my thing. It's yeah, going to be like- just fine. He could have told him to go pick up rocks and he could have changed the rocks to yeah, bread, right? Yeah. And he doesn't do that. No. But the thing, is, what's cool about now he's having his disciples go out. And then what I like to do is thinking about each of those interactions where he's, they're going to find out food where, mm. again, those, each of the individual people that the disciples go and talk to, each of them is sitting there. If they have a loaf of bread, like, this is all <laughs> why I have. I- yeah. Why am I giving this to you? Why yeah. am I giving this? My family's going to be fine with this loaf, but I'm yeah. And so like the relationship that Jesus has with the disciples, he's actually allowing them to go do those same interactions on a smaller scale with other like, Hey, can we can help. Let's help feed these people. We're going to, let's take this to Jesus. Like I, I need that bread or we'll take that bread. And, but this will be for the good of all. And like, oh, that's so good. Allowing each of them to participate, not only the disciples, but also the people that are giving the food, giving, giving the yeah. bread, giving the fish. Jesus empowers the disciples who go and empower the families to do the same, to, to go and, and to, to give up. Yeah, you're exactly right. To, to go share, to, to, to feed everyone else. That's so good, man. Golly, I've, Joel, this is awesome. I feel like we need to preach this sometimes. <laughs> I've never right. read it like that before. That's amazing. But I mean, cause I, again, he, and this is a, when I see, a, you know, sometimes it, what teaching can happen is like, you know, there's something cool that happens. Like um, the law of signs um, is pretty cool where the ratio of the opposite side of the triangle with the sign uh the the opposite side of an the angle and the the opposite side so the sign of the angle and the sign of the opposite trust me this is amazing it sounds Uh, awesome (laughs) sounds awesome they're they're all equal if you like set them in a proportion against each other anyway it's yeah you you can't imagine it joey (laughs) oh my goodness and when you adjust the triangle it all changes and it's like a teacher could do that but allowing students to see that draw the triangle do the measurements and then so i said oh and all of a sudden they get to experience this wonder so if the teacher does it's almost like you're stealing the thunder or stealing the learning or stealing the the aha moment versus yeah. like hey look at this is cool versus like oh my gosh this is cool teacher this is amazing even if it's you know again same thing here where jesus could have just taken care of everybody but again allowing people to participate allowing them to practice their skills of yeah you know, discipling and talking to people and saying Hey, that you might be sacrificing, but it's for the greater good. And we're going to learn something here. We're going to get to participate in something amazing. 
Yeah, and I, I think tagging off that too, like he has them, I think it's really fascinating that he has them sit down in groups of 50 to 100. And so they're not like individualized or isolated by like family unit. I'm sure mm-hmm. some like some of them are like all related, but you know, cause like just you hung out with your family back then, but in all, you know, honesty, they're probably sitting around people that maybe they know. Yeah. They sure like seen around, but maybe never really like interacted with. So you're like looking eye to eye with people you're not related to. And, and, and like you having them sit down in groups. And so like the disciple comes up to your group and says, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And so you look across the group um, and you make eye contact with them and you're like, okay, let's, let's trust one another in this moment that we're going to give up this bread for each other or this Mm -hmm. fish for each other. So like, it's not just a, uh, it's a risk. It's a taking a risk that's involved in, in, in bringing it to Jesus. Kind of like what you were saying. I I just think that's fascinating that uh, he has them sit down with groups, man, because I think, I think so often we become so isolated in our own family units that we forget that we're a part of a larger whole. Yeah. Uh, And I, and we sometimes feel the temptation to, to only share what's good with my family when it's good for my family mm-hmm. and, and not to share what's good for my family. When I realize that my family impacts the family next door or the family, you know, across town. Um, we have a saying here at the orchard. We talk about other churches, but um, when we say what's good for the kingdom will always be what's good for our church. Like what's good for the kingdom of God, what Jesus came to bring, but what's good for our church may not always be what's good for the kingdom. So we want to have a kingdom mindset um, and so I guess you could apply that to, to families and to towns and I'm rambling a little bit here, but I, I think what I want to have with my family and what I think Jesus is teaching me is that what's good for my city and what's good for my town and for all the people there will always be what's good for my family. But the opposite's not always true. Like, I need to work for the good of the city I live in. I need to work for the good of the town that I'm in. I'm in because these people here, they had to, they had to risk and sacrifice for the group that they were in, not just for their family. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm rambling a little bit, but I think that that goes along with exactly what you're saying. Like the disciples got to show and model risk for all of them to model risk as well. Yeah. Well, and I just love that because that's something that went by me too, is the intentionality of sitting in those groups of 50 to a hundred mm-hmm. one, you know, thinking about that's most likely you're going, like you said, beyond your family. And now we're building community. How are we going to build a community around a meal? And I mean, if yeah. you're part of church, man, there's nothing better than a catered lunch. That's <laughs> right. <God>. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> so, and then to, to just sit around and like, we just had, a, it's like, we just watched an awesome uh, lecture or awesome, like, like yeah. <laughs> awesome uh, teaching from Jesus. Now yeah. we get a catered lunch. Are you kidding me? What else is going on, man? <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck uh, yeah. So, so thinking about it and, and then, you know, and they had more than a, everyone could eat to their fill. And then there was more than enough. Um, and to think about, even to think about what do they do with those leftovers? You know, now whether we build community and maybe like, Hey, there's someone in need, we can take it back to, I'm, exactly. I'm ima- that's what I'm imagining is things happening. Like, Hey, we know like this, there's a, a, you know, a widowed mother down the road. Like, yeah, why don't we bring her some, like, this is awesome. And, and we get to, you know what? Also, too, we get to talk about what we just witnessed, which was amazing. No, I think you're exactly right because I think I think that's what the gospel, especially here in Mark, is want, just wanting us to get. Because if I could get all Bible nerd on you for a second, oh, that's absolutely. okay. So the Bible's so cool. So and, and how like geography plays into it. So Jesus at this point in in the Gospel of Mark, he's in Jewish territory, and reading the Old Testament, we know that there are twelve tribes of Israel. Uh, Israel being Jacob's, he had twelve sons, and each of those sons go and 
become the 12 tribes of Israel. If you want to read more about that, you can read uh, the book of Genesis, the book of Exodus, and read the whole Old Testament. But Jesus being in Jewish territory here, so he breaks the bread and, and gives out the fish, right? And then it says, uh, like, notice how many baskets are left over. There are 12 baskets oh. left over. So one basket for each tribe is left over. And so I think exactly what you're saying is exactly what the gospel is wanting to imply is that Jesus is going to feed everybody that's here and he's going to feed everybody that's beyond here. So yes, he has empowered the disciples to go and get the bread, bring it to him so he can hand it out. But he's also empowered the groups to go out and hand it out to everybody else. And I think that's really good. That's really cool. Nice. I don't know if you've ever heard. um, Do you know who Christine Kane is? Yeah. So she's she got an pre- amazing story. Oh, she's awesome. Um, she preached on this passage one time that blew my mind. And she she equated us to the like, you know, I always want to think about myself as like one of the disciples, right? You know, or mm-hmm. one of the people, but she actually took it and equated a people to the bread. And I thought that was so interesting of like, you know, you bring what you have to Jesus, and he takes it and he blesses it and he breaks it. And he hands it out to people. And, and I think that's such an interesting metaphor for, you know, my life as a pastor or a life of a teacher is, is coming and, and being, being handed out, you know, being poured out for people, feeding people. And um, so often you think about breaking as a bad thing, you know, being broken as a bad thing. But what if, what if the breaking, I think this is what she was getting at. What if, what if being broken for mm. people that's actually where the blessing was. Um, and that's where the multiplication can happen is being broken for people. And you think, you think about the tasks that we talked about a little bit ago, like being broken for inequality and injustices in our, in our world. And can we be broken for that and handed out for that? Um, I think it becomes a really powerful metaphor when you start thinking, sorry, I don't, again, I don't mean to ramble, um, but Christine Kane's awesome. And, and so you sh- if you're listening, you should go check her out when she talks about this passage. It's really good. Nice. I'll see if I can find it and I'll put a link to it in the show. Okay, notes. cool. Um, so we got to be a little bit brief with this one. So yeah, I, let's just jump into what are the takeaways? What are the lessons? Uh, yeah. What, are you asking me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or what's one? Um, we can bounce back and forth. Yeah. So I, I think one of the takeaways for me at least is it's not about what you don't have. It's about what you do have and what Jesus can do with what you do have. Um, because he doesn't go, he, he just says, go, go find out what you do have already. What's already around you with the gifts you already have. Um, I think like, you know, the disciples try and disqualify this, this moment and say, well, we can't do this because we don't have the, we don't have this, amount of money. But Jesus says, it's not about that. It's about what you already do have. And, and so I think as, as a, as somebody in ministry, as somebody who just wants to be a good person and just work for the good of the people around me, sometimes I get so focused on the gifts that I don't have, or I get focused on saying, well, you know, I'm not as good at this as Joel, or I'm not as good at this as Noah or, or, you know, whoever, I'm not as good as blank as whoever is. And I get trapped in that comparison trap. And I think, I think Jesus is reminding us here that it's not about what we don't have, but it's about what we already do have because he's going to take what we do have and the kind of person we already are. And that's what he's going to use to feed the people around us. Um, yes, it's always important. Like I think about like, if you want to go get a degree for education, go do that. I think that's awesome. Um, but if you just want to become a good teacher, like I, I believe that 
if, if, you know, you feel called to be a teacher, God's already equipped you to be a teacher. Um, and it's all about just sitting and abiding and letting him guide you in that. So I think that's a takeaway I have. What about you? Well, just to add, tack onto that one, just the having an asset, that's an asset-based perspective, right? Thinking about mm-hmm. what I do have versus yeah. what I don't have and looking at my situations and my students and, um, you know, again, focusing on the positive rather than on the negative. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, let everyone participate. And I've actually heard other people, and I kind of like this one, is let everybody play. Like oh, Jesus good. let everybody play. Like he, mm-hmm. he's like, he could have taken everything. He could have been, you know, just been a solo act, but he let everyone participate in this thing and, um, and, and, and practice some things and do some things and, and engage in being uh, a follower or, or a, a good community member. I mean, and just even think about all the different ways that people are allowed to engage in community in this space and taking care of each other. I mean, it could have been just him. It could have just been, Hey, I just, everybody sit down three, two, one steak dinner in front of you. We're great, (laughs) but yeah, no, you're right. Ben. Um, but instead he's like, no, let's, let's, let's get as many players in this as possible. And that was, that's pretty cool. And and there's an article that says, don't there's great article. It's got a great title. Don't say anything a kid can say. Uh, it's an article for teachers. And it's just like, again, allowing kids to participate. If a kid knows how to solve the problem, why are you solving up with the board? Let the kid do it, come up and do it. And now other kids are seeing that kid as like a, a doer of mathematics, right? He's and now, Oh, I want to go do it too. And now we're all elevating yeah. each other rather than there's only one person that can do everything and everyone else has just got to receive. I mean, that's what's cool is over and over again, you see that yeah. in the Bible of, Hey, this is God can do everything, but we're, there's a, there's a participation aspect and the, um, that's, pretty neat here that allows yeah, it's, cool it's that empowerment yes. yes absolutely yes that's so good man that's so good I, I think that's such a good lesson for me too just like in church world like we can become we can become so pastor centric in church world and so consumer you know um people come to church and they, they you know they, they just want to sit and be and that's great like if, if that's where you are but uh no we want everybody to play I, I love that language we want everybody to get get into it um and because that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. That's so good, man. I'm so glad you pointed that out. You got another one? Well, I think going back a little bit. Um, so before he feeds the uh, 5,000, um, Jesus saying, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. I think that's, yep. that's a big takeaway for me too, just because we live in such a busy time. Um, our lives are just inherently busy. It feels like, um, uh, we, my wife and I, we can fall into the trap sometimes saying, okay, in three weeks we'll be good. And, or, and, you know, in two weeks, uh, we'll, you know, our schedule will slow down, but the truth is our schedule is never going to slow down. Yeah. It, it, it is what it's going to be. And, and so we have to be intentional with finding that quiet place to rest. Um, and I, I think about whether it's, um, you know, your kitchen counter at five o'clock in the morning where you sit with your cup of coffee in the quiet for a little bit, or maybe it's taking a bath or something, you know, or going on a walk. Where is the quiet place for you to where you could rest? Um, I think that's a massive takeaway because there's always going to be, you know, proverbial 5,000 people around the corner who are waiting on you to teach them something or waiting on you to to feed them. Or maybe, you know, it's not actually 5,000, but there's always going to be another classroom 
whether you, you know, like it or not. And so we have to have those quiet times of rest um, because life's moving really fast. Yeah. That's a, uh, that is a good one. Um, I think that's about all I had. Well, man, that's awesome. I love this passage, Joel. I'm so glad that you uh, honestly let me have a conversation with you about it. I love this. Yeah. I, just I was thankful for the opportunity and again you try to take those um it's one of those things I always like to do is is thinking about well Jesus the, the story of the story of Jesus and the Bible has been around and we as teachers I think and I'm an, I do research on teaching a lot of times what we do is we we do some things we're like hey do things in small groups. Hey, do things in context. And Hey, like, it's like, we're discovering things that have been written in, in here for a long time. So that's good. It's good, good to, to reflect and look at what lessons we can learn. And especially even though in some of the things that it's not the traditional, the non-traditional spaces. Right. And so maybe that's one more lesson is that, Hey, this is, this was just kind of a, I mean, it, it was an amazing, a miracle, but how is he still teaching through the miracle? And so taking advantage of those spaces like the passing time in the hallway the the waiting for the bus like those are all times when you can invest in or like you know the the time in between sermons or between services at church like where you just have a chance to have some interactions you know, there's always time to build relationships engage in teaching and, and build community so it's kind of cool absolutely man that's so good all right joey so Joey Bates uh, from the Orchard, anything, uh, anything have to share or anything? If people are interested in the, con- the collective, possibly, maybe uh, could they connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can, uh, if you have any questions about our church, the Orchard or uh, the collective, you can email me. It's really easy. Joey, my first name, J-O-E-Y at theorchard.net. So Joey at theorchard.net. would love to connect with you. We'd love to chat with you about Jesus or about teaching because I, I, I long to be a, a better teacher every day. Um, so if you want to talk about that, I'd love to talk to you about that too. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I just uh, you can come check out our church if you want to as well. It's at 295 Highway 7 North in Oxford, Mississippi. We have services at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings and we'd love for you to join us. So yeah. Thank you, Joey. Have a good day. Thanks, man. You too. See ya. All right. That's about it. That's all we have for this Easter edition of the podcast. Big thanks to Joey Bates for joining me and talking about that passage and just talking about some of the lessons that we can learn about teaching through that passage. And yeah, thank you all for listening to this episode of the podcast. There is a uh, show notes. There's a decent number of links going to be in the show notes. So you can find those at amadonplanet.com forward slash episode 70. And if you're looking for ways to support the podcast, you can do a number of things. One, you can subscribe, rate, and review. Um, just those help others that are looking for similar content uh, about learning how to teach better. Um, and you can also share it, share the episode. So wherever you find the podcast, wherever you listen to it, there's probably a little box with an arrow coming out of it, a little button somewhere that you can then share it either through email, through text message, whatever. Um, share it with somebody who you think might need to hear uh, what was said either in this episode or any episode that you've been uh, listening to. Again, a lot of people have been sharing the Joe Dye episode about our uh, recorded teaching celebration. So that, that's, that's been fun to see that that's been shared a lot. Um, you can rate, a re- uh, again, rate or review the podcast. Again, if you're sharing it, rate and review is always good. Um, subscribe to the Amazon Planet Download. Uh, Going to put out some good stuff there uh, with regards to free professional development or, for, or opportunities for teachers to 
help them learn how to teach better. That's the point of that. So if you're looking to subscribe to that email list, you can go to AmazonPlanet.com. There's several buttons on the webpage where you can hit that, and that you'll get signed up for the email list. We'll only send stuff when we have stuff, not just going to send uh, you an email, fill up your inbox with with junk. Uh, I know I don't like that. So want to make sure it's a value. So if you do get an email from that uh, email list, you know that there's something there for you. You can also, uh, looking for ways to support, you can follow at Amazon Planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or like the Amazon Planet Facebook page. You can also check out the Amazon Planet store, Amazon Planet Bookshop. Links are in the footer at AmazonPlanet.com, where all of your purchases uh, or the proceeds of your purchases support the production costs of the podcast. Again, thanks again to Joey Bates uh, for joining me for this episode of the Amazon Planet podcast, sharing his time and expertise. Uh, I know I learned something. And thanks to Matt Mifflin for the music in this episode. And finally, thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you have decided to use the gifts you've been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do. Peace. Peace.